Broadway for Monday, January 21st, 2019. I'm Broadway World's Matt Tiamanini. And I am Broadway star's James Marino. Are you sure? You didn't seem too confident about that one. Uh, you know, I was uh, lagging like a, like a phone without internet. You know? <laughs> All right, nice. <laughs> well, um, uh, Let's get into some things here before we start the news. Uh, Something that was not lagging was the one hour and 42 minute episode of this week on Broadway that was released yesterday. It was a veritable who's who on the panel. Not only were you there, James, uh, also Michael Portantier, as usual, Peter Felicia, I believe was at the Junior Theater Festival in Atlanta. So he was replaced by Jenna Tessa Fox and Jan Simpson on the panel. So you guys discussed everything from Choir Boy to Blue Ridge to George and Martha um, to Maestro to The Jungle, The Share Show, and many, many other things. Uh, lots and lots of stuff to come in at a whopping one hour and 42 minutes. Uh, I know that was quite the feat, but a lot of good content in there as well, James. Yeah, I had. Uh, we actually recorded an hour early so that I could uh, get out uh, <laughs> to uh, get to the Colin Quinn show that I saw Sunday afternoon. But uh, then <laughs> this week on Broadway ran really long and um, you know, for as you know, for every minute that you record, you have oh, two to three minutes of post to do, At you least. know, between editing and stuff like that. So this was uh, – uh, I'm happy it all worked out in the end because it is really good content, and we covered a lot of ground. Uh, we haven't covered a lot of reviews in the last couple of weeks because of mm-hmm. it was the end of the year and then we had broadway con and broadway things like con, that yeah. so uh we're sort of doing a lot of catch up here and uh so it was a good show i, I had a good yeah. time absolutely well before we get into the news there's a few things that uh we want to say congratulations to and goodbye to first two broadway shows closed on sunday mike berbiglia is the new one in school of rock over at the winter garden two shows very different shows very different runs on broadway obviously uh but ones that a ton of people enjoyed as well i will not be surprised if school of rock is one of those shows that is going to be done everywhere uh, over the next decade, uh, as I, it's still touring, it'll be done in regional theaters and I'm sure schools uh, very soon as well. But that one's not going away. What was your <gasps> about, James? I'm just reading breaking news. The Davenport oh. Theater is closing. Oh, that is breaking news. I yeah. uh, I have not seen that. Go ahead. Do you want to read from the story? Uh, yeah. Um, okay. This is kind of breaking news, but I'm not going to dwell on it so much because its business and life is moving forward. As of February 1st, the Davenport Theater, which I opened five years ago and named after my great-grandfather, Delbert Essex Davenport, will close its doors. It's been a hell of a run, and I accomplished most and I accomplished the most important thing I tried to accomplish with every endeavor of mine. I learned a ton. So why is it closing? Well, there's no real drama here. I never owned the building and my lease is up and we're not re-upping for the number one reason why most leases aren't renewed. We couldn't make a deal. Uh, and I think the landlord has some other places for the space. Anyway, so this is from Ken Davenport's uh, blog. Hmm. Um, so the Davenport Theater, which is home to the the Neil LeBute New Theater Festival thing that we talked about on This Week on Broadway. Um, I, <laughs> I guess this is the the last thing. I, you know, I made a funny reference in uh, the coverage of uh, the Neil LeBute Festival. Uh, I'm kind uh, of disappointed uh, we had any coverage at all. Yeah. Well, you know, Jan I, I know, I know. Jan Simpson was talking about it and it seems as though that Mr. Labute has chosen there's three plays in this festival of his 
it's a festival of just Labute plays. Um, and the three plays are uh, in one of them, one of the characters seemingly is referential, self-referential to Neil Labute. And should I be nailed to the cross because of my one transgression and... And after the end of it, I, I said, well, you know, look for Neil's, Neil's new play next season, uh, Brett Kavanaugh, my story, you know. <laughs> well, I think based on our conversation at BroadwayCon and, and Peter Felicia's love for the show, maybe we should have a Labette Festival instead. Ah, I see. Well, and that actually, that story about the Davenport Theater is actually a perfect transition because not only is apparently the Davenport Theater closing because it couldn't reach a deal with the landlord – Yesterday, uh, Sunday, January 20th, was the final day for the Drama Bookshop at its 250 West 40th Street location. As we all know and have discussed before, it closed up shop there. It will, in the plans, will reopen sometime later in 2019 in a midtown space to be named later after the Hamilton folks, Lynn, Tommy, uh, Jeff Seller, and the Nederlanders uh, purchased the Drama Bookshop. Uh, their last event was actually a reading from playwrights uh, Annie Baker and and Amy Herzog. Actually, I read Amy Herzog's play Belleville a couple weeks ago. It's great. Um, I'm not sure if she read from that or something else. But um, so a great a great couple days of celebrations. I know they had there a ton of people very emotional. So um, congratulations to the new one, School of Rock. Yeah, I guess Ken Davenport and uh, the Drama Bookshop for uh, you know. Big closings, big announcements, but also successful runs in their own different ways. All right. So first up in the news, we've got major off-Broadway show announcement. Yes, James. In fact, I'm actually a bit embarrassed that we wasted all that time talking about this week on Broadway, uh, the Davenport Theater, the two Broadway shows that closed yesterday, the Drama Bookshop, because on Friday we had the incredible, groundbreaking, earth-shattering news that on Thursday, January 31st at the Playroom Theater, the off-Broadway premiere of God Shows Up will begin performances from playwright, are you ready for this, Mr. Peter Felicia. The play will be directed by Christopher Scott and will feature Maggie Bofill, Tony nominee Lou Libitor, and Christopher Sutton. According to the press release, God Shows Up asks what happens when God chooses to drop into his creation of Earth after an absence of about a couple thousand years. Why does he choose the broadcast studio of a well-known televangelist who serves all faiths from his mega church in St. Louis? What is God's true take on God? What is God's true take on religion? I don't know the answer to any of those questions, but I'm sure if someone as intelligent as Peter Felicia is doing a play about it, he will have some interesting things to say. Uh, now, James, I know this isn't the first off-Broadway run of one of Peter's shows, but this is super exciting because it's the first one since I've actually known Peter Felicia. Mm -hmm. um, so I'm excited about that. Do you think that there might be a chance that we could get an exclusive interview with the playwright about this show? Uh, he's got the same press rep as Jessica Vosk, so I'm not sure we'll be able to get him on. Or it's better than Kelly O'Hara, who will schedule multiple interviews and then just cancel the last minute. <laughs> hey, we featured Kelly this weekend on uh, this week on Broadway. Yeah, I, I saw that. Yeah, for, at the town hall thing. So, yeah. um, either way, this is awesome for Peter. Um, I, I'm sorry that he wasn't on this week on Broadway to be able to talk about it, but uh, I know this is something that's been in the works for a while. But I'm glad this is uh, happening and happening here in the next couple weeks. Yeah, we're gonna ch we'll chat with him next week uh, about it when he returns from Hotlanta. And uh, get the lowdown on this. Uh, now, the question is, do we review it? Probably not. We probably, yeah, we'll no, probably, probably go, be conflict of interest. Yeah, we'll probably go see it and 
you know, give our support to Peter and things like that. Will re- we review it? No, we'll leave it to the others. There's enough uh, other folks out there that will review it. We'll keep on promoing it for him, of course. Oh, of course. Please, you know. The, the question is, though, because he is a Drama Desk nominee, does he just accidentally just nominate everything for his own show? Because I would. I'm, I mean, I'm that guy. I would, you know, you would hate <laughs> to lose something because you didn't vote for yourself. You know, like there, I've been in that situation where you don't vote for yourself and you lose by one vote. Who like, how the, awful uh, is that? Who's the guy in the Senate that uh, voted to censure himself last week? Was it? Uh, it was the racist guy they're, they're all oh, racist not in the Senate. In, yeah. yeah in, in congress in, steve in congress king. Yeah. steve king that's it it's not in senate yeah. he's in congress yeah yeah, yeah steve king. he wasn't censured he was like removed from all of his uh, he was rebuked I wish he was but they, yeah, he they, was. they there was a vote and it was 434 to one and i was like wow he he voted for him he was actually he didn't vote for himself he voted to censure him censure himself you know? yeah and the one guy the one <laughs> the one guy who didn't vote for it is he didn't think that what they did was enough and they needed to go for further but oh anyway i thought you were gonna say he didn't think that he what he said was so bad no no no. (laughs) it was a democrat who thought that he should Uh, actually be officially censured which uh, would have been uh like a removal position but anyway so that's neither here nor there but congratulations to peter all right back to theater this week's theatrical schedule tell us what's going on all right. Well, you already mentioned the first show we're going to talk about, but on Tuesday night, the official opening for Colin Quinn, Red State, Blue State will happen at the Manetta Lane Theater. I won't ask you for your thoughts, James, because it's not open. So we'll talk about that maybe on uh, on Tuesday's show. But it is currently playing uh, through March 3rd at the Manetta Lane Theater. It does say eight weeks only, so I don't know if this is going to extend. Colin Quinn, obviously, probably a very busy man. But if you can't make it to the Manetta Lane before March 3rd, Because this is done in conjunction with Audible, I would imagine that it will eventually be streaming. Next up on Wednesday, the previews begin for the off-Broadway premiere at MCC Theater from the play The Light. It is written by Loy A. Webb and directed by Logan Vaughn. And it is currently scheduled to run through March 17th after a February 10th opening. Also on Wednesday, performances begin for The Courtroom from the Waterwell. We've talked about this production. Um, It is based on actual transcripts from deportation hearings and will play a number of actual uh, law spaces as well as other community centers. It'll be performing and it'll be performed at the Fordham University Law School, the Thurgood Marshall United States Courthouse, St. Mark's Church in the Bowery and the Judson Memorial Church through February 1st. We'll have a link to all to this show and all of them so you can figure out what show is where, when and at what venue. Then on Thursday night, we have uh, another Broadway opening, our second of the 2019 calendar year, as True West will open at the American Airlines Theater from the Roundabout Theater Company. It is uh, obviously a revival of the fantastic Sam Shepard show in this production. It will co-star Ethan Hawke and Paul Dano. And um, I saw it. I'll talk about it maybe when we get there. Uh, But it is currently scheduled to run through March 17th. Then on Saturday, we have the first performance for Carmelina at the uh, York Theatre Company's Musicals in Mufti. Um, This is uh, part of the Alan J. Lerner Year of Celebration. Um, Actually, interestingly enough, performances start on Saturday. Opening 
is on Sunday because these shows run for a very short amount of times. Uh, Andrea Burns will start and it'll run through February 3rd. Then actually, because of time zones, what will actually happen before that probably is the closing of Hades Town at the National Theater, James. Now, what's interesting is this show has already been announced for a Broadway transfer, but the cast for the Broadway production has not yet officially been announced. However, as I've mentioned before on this show, the word on the street is that the five American principals will return to their roles and then the ensemble will re be recast with American actors uh, for when the show begins performances at the Walter Kerr Theater on March 22nd. So it ends its run on January 26th in London. Then it starts performances in New York on March 22nd. So that's less than two months between the closing in London and the reopening, probably with a predominantly different cast. In New York, it'll be interesting, James, to see if any of the cast members from the New York Theater Workshop or the Edmonton run uh, rejoin the ensemble so they can make things a little easier on their production. And then on Sunday, we have a ton of stuff. The one thing that's not a closing, though, is the Fox television broadcast of Rent Live. Check your local listings for people on the East Coast. It'll be 8 p.m., 7 p.m. Central and then tape delayed whatever other time zone you are in. Um, we're going to do a lot with this, um, not only before, but after James, and we'll talk about that as it gets closer, but I'm very, uh, I'm, I'm, I'm nervous, um, about this because it could be really awesome. It could also not be, do you have any feelings about what we've seen so far from rent live? No, not really. Uh, I feel very, uh, if they make it too slick and too polished. You know, po polished and poppy and things like that, it's going to lose the feel of rent. So I, I hope that they, you know, don't go down that. I hope it's uh, I hope it's raw. Yeah. And Michael Greif is directing. Um, so hopefully he's able to to keep that. The thing that worries me is the fact that I think just by putting it on screen and, uh, you know, I, I think it's automatically going to have to feel more polished than it does uh, on stage in whatever incarnation it is. But we'll see what they do. Jesus Christ. But if they, if they, re if they do a lot of uh, handheld cameras and no steady cam and things like that, uh, uh, you know, I think that that will serve them better than not. Yeah. We'll see what they do. Like I, th I said, I think, if they go the Jesus Christ Superstar route and try to make it more presentational, I just don't think Rent is a show that you can do in a naturalistic, literal translation. So we'll see what happens with that in uh, less than seven days. Um, but also closing on uh, Sunday, January 27th, will be the Waverly Gallery on Broadway, American Sun on Broadway, the Jungle at St. Anne's Warehouse. It's actually going to have um, its West Coast premiere uh, later in 2019, which I'm sure we'll talk about as it approaches. Also, Blue Ridge off-Broadway from the Atlantic Theater Company and – Hamilton in Puerto Rico will end its run. It, it feels like it, it just started, but it's only a, a three-week run. However, that cast will stick together sans Lin-Manuel Miranda, and uh, they will have an extended run back in San Francisco uh, beginning on February 12th. This is the And Peggy cast, if you're uh, keeping notes and scoring at home. Did we talk, did we talk uh, on air about the Lin-Manuel improvisation about telling the lady in the fourth row to stop filming? We we did not, um, but he so he's but what he's been doing since his run, he's tweeting out thoughts that he's had during uh, the show, and some of them are 
line screw ups and some of them are lines that he's decided to ad lib halfway in the middle of a song. I forget what song it was, but a woman was filming. He in in character in in lyrics. He's apparently it's scanned. Um, he told her to stop filming. She eventually wrote an email apologizing as well. So uh, I guess all's well that ends well. <laughs> uh, some things I will tell you about the 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 Colin show, not reviewing it, but just telling you about the show itself. They remind you five or six times in all different ways that you may not record or <laughs> or uh, yeah, video photograph audio may not record in any way shape or form and then colin comes out and he and he tells the audience and he's like why am i why do i have to tell you this <laughs> uh yeah. so um perhaps the you know, because they are gonna record and do it and also to let people know that uh it was sold out today uh it was sold out sunday excuse me and that it uh there was a pretty good, sizable uh, cancellation line. People waiting for hmm. tickets, so uh, it might be might be a good thing to get on your radar screen if it interests you before the reviews come out. It does not interest me. All right, Matt, do you have any recommendations for us? I do. I have three things. First up is actually one you sent over. It is an interview or a feature from the New York Times' Michael Paulson about Andrew Barth Feldman, who will be taking over the title role in Dear Evan Hansen on January 30th. We've talked about him before, but it is still remarkable to discuss the fact that he is a 16-year-old that will be taking over one of the most demanding roles on Broadway. Um, good for him. And they did say something in this article that I hadn't heard reported anywhere else is that since late in Ben Platt's run, he's always had an alternate do one show a week that will actually be up to two shows uh, per week for for Andrew's run. I think that's probably really smart for a role that is physically, emotionally and vocally as demanding as Evan Hansen. If you've got a 16 year old doing it, you need to make sure that you protect him for his future and don't completely burn him out and ruin his vocal cords. So I'm happy about that. We'll have the link in the show notes. And then the last two are interviews and and video from two off-Broadway shows, uh, two off-Broadway musicals, one that's currently in previews, one that's getting ready to start here um, in the next week or so, week, uh, week or two, by the end of this month. The first is from the Roundabout Theater Company and Fiasco, uh, Fiasco Theater Company, uh, Merrily We Roll Along, some great actual performance footage. Uh, check that out. And then you can also see a press preview performance from the new Tom Kitt and John Logan musical Superhero, features a performance from Kate Baldwin, and Bryce Pinkham, two people who I think are fantastic. I have to admit, though, this the songs that they've previewed from this so far, James, sound like every other Tom Kit song that I've ever heard, save save bring it on because he was working with Lynn on some of the music. So there's different sounds there. But when he's writing the music like next to normal, if then um, even Freaky Friday to a certain extent, like it just they all sound the same and it's not my jam. Uh, but I love Kate Baldwin and Bryce Pinkham. So um, if this is your jam, um, check it out. I, ironically, I'm going to see a production of next to normal this coming week but anyway that's neither here nor there um and james there is also video of tiki barber's debut in kinky boots but i could not in good conscience recommend it to anybody because it will set the musical theater world back a decade if too many people watch it (laughs) all right well my favorite jam is strawberry jam so why don't you get us out of here all right. Thanks for listening to Today on Broadway. Follow us on Facebook and Twitter at Broadway Radio. And you can find me on Twitter and Instagram at BWW Matt. 
And my name is James Marino from BroadwayRadio.com and BroadwayStars.com. Thanks for kicking off the week with us. We are here with you today, but Broadway Briefing is not. Where's Briefing? (laughs) And I'll be back and talk to you tomorrow.